The future appeared increasingly hazy, and he felt the same fatalistic confusion he knew on that dip in the coast highway near Sugarcane Road, when night sea fog suddenly swept over the cane fields. What should he anticipate around the next murky bend? A riskily unlit hippie cyclist, an invisible hitchhiker, a petrol tanker thundering across the imperceptible lane markings? Would he ever see his way clear? Against his own best interests, he'd come to dread the weekly visit of the one person who might at least clarify matters for him, his solicitor, Gareth Wintoul. As the legal process dragged on, he increasingly resented spending every Thursday afternoon and Friday on the lawyer's highly expensive devil's advocacy and narrow legalistic interpretation of the prosecution case. He also resented him for eating into his swimming time. This wasn't strictly true. He still swam his usual laps, though less calmly with Wintool hovering enigmatically at the pool edge, whistling tunelessly through his teeth and forever looking at his watch. With the lawyer present, he felt bound to don his speedos and resented not swimming naked too. Unavoidably these days, after an hour or so in the lawyer's presence, he lapsed into a mild fugue. On a bad day, Wintuel's monotone could make his brain shut down completely. At the start of his troubles, he tried to fight the unusual effect it had on him. The gradual fainting sensation and cloudy vision, leading to a total mental fade-out, a sort of grey noise where only background sounds had any relevance. The tap-tapping of the pool's filter box, magpies calling on the lawn, brush turkeys scratching in the shrubbery. Now he went with it. It wasn't unpleasant. It was almost a reverie. And he wondered whether it felt like this to be hypnotised. Maybe Wintool should grow a goatee and get himself a stage act. When he fell deeper into this particular stupor, a sort of painless, aura-free migraine, everything about Wintool from his endomorphic physical outline to the veranda table he'd heaped with files, the lawyer's attempt to claim his attention with a crisp conference ambiance, faded into the rural hum and buzz and became as abstract and misty as dreams. After the past year of examinations and committal proceedings, it wasn't surprising his mind needed a rest. Tired of raking through the ashes of disgrace, his brain had called a halt. Maybe he was having a mental breakdown. How easy it was to forget the minutiae of the case. The dates, the amounts, the stock transfers and telescoping bank loans, all that paper shuffling, and sink back into the vibrations of trees, livestock and wildlife, of cattle lowing, water dragons scuttling under the veranda, and palms rattling in the wind. Pulling this blanket of nature around his shoulders, he felt safely hidden, a snug wombat in its hole. Somehow less ignoble, he could even fantasise about the puzzling uniqueness of his position. Instead of a former company director under indictment for alleged corporate misconduct and breaches of director's duties, he could be a beleaguered sovereign awaiting news from the front maybe a Caribbean president anticipating a peasant uprising from the sugarcane fields below. If only the calm didn't end at the last lap, 
At the moment, his fingertips tipped the wall behind him, and he stood, removed his goggles, and allowed the dusk's pink-grey shadows to settle on his body for a few seconds. But, inevitably, reality returned. He stepped heavily out of the pool, shivering now and streaming water, and stamped bare-arsed across the terrace to the house. Lushly green, thanks to their prime position between the coast and the nightcap ranges, his 32 acres lay along a north-south valley of carved-up dairy farms, formerly dense rainforest known as the Big Scrub. Cleared of its native red cedars a century ago, the rich volcanic soil now nurtured in their place a thriving feral tree, the camphor laurel, imported from China during a 19th century preoccupation with arboreal neatness.